Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Loose Change Podcast, Counting Yards Edition, Episode 3 for Week 2. Today, we got Kyle joining me, your host, Tyler Two Cents. Kyle, Week 1 was so fun. Football's back. How do you feel? Oh, I, I'm just so happy that football's back. I was counting down the days. I was actually <laughs> out and about uh, when... Uh, Sunday football kicked off and I was just sitting there watching it on my phone while I stood in line for rides at the amusement park so (laughs) I was more excited about football kickoff than I was any ride we could have possibly been in line for Um, it was it's just so glorious to have football back I missed it so much and what a what a ride week one was let's ride everyone besides Broncos nation. What a gaffe they had at the end of Monday night, Kyle. That was so stupid. There's a lots of stuff that happened in week one that we want to talk about, but let's start there. Russ's return to Seattle didn't go as he planned. Not at all. And what a absolute shit show. It was just the perfect way to end. What was such an unpredictable week? Like so many teams that you just didn't expect to be in the fight so many teams you expected to just be powerhouses this year looked awful um i thought the broncos were gonna walk away with this game like they were they pretty much had this game in the bag before the game even started and the seahawks came out swinging (laughs) they just played a clean football game everyone wrote off geno smith but he ain't right back (laughs) he is he is right up there in terms of like a quality just game managing quarterback so it was an amazing game it felt cool to see him start and start so well with his first start in eight years the longest week one gap of any quarterback ever like no one expected this guy to be a week one starter since 2014 here he is eight years later and he played well to your point kyle enough for them to win anyways he played better in the first half than the second half but still Two fumbles on the one yard line, maybe even closer than that for the Broncos, both running backs. That's a whole different game if that happens. That was just like the perfect script because there's been so much chatter all offseason of like, do you give the ball to Melvin Gordon or do you give it to Javante on the goal line? It doesn't matter because he's just going (laughs) to fumble it either way apparently. So uh, yeah, it was an unreal game. Like, Geno Smith played way better than I expected. He only had five incompletions and he had a a 119.5 passer rating and somehow no one in the Seahawks receiving core was worthy of a fantasy start. Like DK caught seven balls and you're like, Oh my God, he caught seven balls. What do you get? Like a hundred yards and two touchdowns. (laughs) Got 37 (laughs) yards. (laughs) Yeah, it's like Will Disley had more yards on three catches. So Come if on. you started Will Disley, good for you. Good but, on you. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, DK was in my lineup, and uh, he didn't cost me any games, so we're we're still riding. Both of us went undefeated in fantasy week one, eh? Look at us go. I went 4-0 really, eh? in my four leagues. So fantasy advice, yes. Survivor advice, no yeah i'm not from tyler (laughs) well i'm still gonna be giving my survivor pick but that 49ers game man was not even football what was that did you see any of those tackles guys would be sliding five yards after they finished the play that field is disgusting like i just can't believe so gross on nfl level 
Thank like, you. I've played on schools in high school that were better than that or well more maintained than that i believe but it there's some there are some pretty dope pictures of like justin fields and the team like belly sliding at the end of the game <laughs> though so that's got to be worth something right it's fun to watch on red zone every once in a while they throw off to a play and you're like these guys can't even make a cut because they're just going to slide everywhere it basically makes football not football or at least it's not nfl football when you're playing like that and that's the only reason tyler's survivor pool pick did not hit because that was barely football <laughs> the, the survivor pool monsoon but <laughs> um yeah i think that you just have to throw that whole game in the garbage like anything that you expected like if you started trey lance or you were higher on brandon Ayuk, like you have to ride that out i've yeah. seen so many cole Komet drops and yeah like, what he had zero catches I mean, to be fair like to the average I, fantasy player that's scary i get it but like who else are you starting at tight end like if you didn't get one of those top like six seven guys Komet's got to be worth at least rostering, let alone just like dropping him after the worst possible scenario where it's just awful to throw a ball. Like I just, yeah, I, uh, I'm i looking at Komet in every single league that he's been dropped. If I haven't right. that tight end, I'm just scooping him up and stashing him away. Or even like if you want to target the owner of Komet in your league, offer your worst player on your bench for him. See what happens. Maybe he's frustrated with his zero point donut on the starting lineup at te plenty of te's on the waiver wire i could see it being worth an offer for sure i'm hoping that uh it's completely different circumstances this week for like 49ers and bears just to kind of see what these young guys are made of i really hope it's the same way for the cowboys too because Wow, even with Dak, who got injured, and that really sucks for the Cowboys. Initial reports, he's out for 12, 10 weeks, then it was 8 to 10 weeks, now it's 4 to 6 weeks, and now they're not ruling him out for week 4 yet. Like, I don't know what's going on there, but I'm worried about all Cowboys in fantasy, and I'm worried about the Cowboys in general. What do you think, Kyle? Do you think there's something to worry about there? Is their season dead already? So, I'm... Absolutely. Um... I mean, when Dak was in the game before he got hurt, they looked awful. They <laughs> like did. They, they looked terrible. They, they didn't look good. CD didn't look great. Like, Ezekiel Elliott was their best player on offense. He actually did look good, he, eh? He did look good. Only and got, like, less I than 13 that, touches, though. So, Yeah, I, I hope that we see more Zeke because of the Dak injury. Uh, for those of you people that maybe took a shot on Zeke a little bit later, uh, just get that good value. But, like, Dak just didn't look good. He finished with a 47.2 passer rating. And that was before he's injured. Like, he was healthy the whole time. And then the other side of things is Russell Wilson had this injury last year. And he came back in, like, superhuman time in, like, three or four weeks. And he looked awful. (laughs) Like, he just could not complete a pass. He was arguably, it was arguably worse having him in than it was to just roll with Geno Smith at that point. But, like, the Cowboys don't even want to put Dak on IR. Like, how do you not think that he's going to miss four weeks with surgery to the uh, thumb on his throwing hand? So, I don't know what the Cowboys are doing here. Uh, I have zero faith in Cooper Rush. And the reality is that the NFC East actually it looks kind of decent like 
the commanders move the bell the ball well offensively um you've got the eagles who i think just overall looked really good uh, a lot of good acquisitions and that score was uh, way closer than it should have been they were up like 18 you know and they kind of let it come back but that game was way eagles all the way that was nowhere for the lions to win yeah everything the eagles did in the offseason looked good and then i mean the giants snuck one away last week too which was just next level so against the playoff team Hey, absolutely. So, I mean, if Dak's missing four weeks at least, and then he's returning quickly, I don't trust him. Like, I don't expect him to come from, a, you know, a three, four game deficit in the tail half of the season. Yeah, I do not like Dak throwing to CD with an injured hand. I don't like Cooper Rush throwing to CD with an open, uh, a healthy hand. Do I like Dak with an injured hand more than Cooper Rush? I honestly think it doesn't matter because it's an offense that, like you said, stuttered and did nothing against the Buccaneers to be fair, but nothing because it was just lamb over the top and no other weapons. Hopefully they get healthier. The whole team does with the ride to see versus offensive line and quarterback. But this is just almost a disaster one week into the season. And as an Eagles fan, I don't hate it. Yeah, <laughs> Jalen Tolbert was a healthy scratch too, which is so shocking that they they rolled with Noah Brown over your second round rookie. I think Tolbert was second yeah, or third round. A, like, how do you great news, not eh? give him a shot? So, I don't know what management's doing over there, but it's Jerry World. So, McCarthy gonna get the uh, the fire under his ass soon. Like, if the Cowboys do bad with Cooper Rush, are we going to start looking at, oh, new coach time? See, I don't like McCarthy as the coach, but this is just another scenario where McCarthy gets an easy out of, like, oh, well, of course we're losing. I lost my starting quarterback. So, and I think Jerry Jones just loves that McCarthy's a puppet for him. So, I don't really expect him to walk away. I give him probably the year. Yeah, well, someone who I thought would be out for the year, but I guess isn't, is TJ Watt. Mike Tomlin, after TJ Watt, I thought tore his peck, said, I'm not ruling TJ Watt out for week three yet. He's only going to rule him out for week two. Um, What? This man tore his peck, I thought. And I guess you can come back sooner. Maybe it wasn't that bad of a tear. Some people are saying it'll only be six weeks, but how is that possible? So I don't understand the week three timeline. I've heard six weeks um, and I wouldn't be surprised to see them put him on IR, but I mean, he's your defensive franchise player. Um, He is your franchise player at that point. So I don't understand why they wouldn't take it cautiously with him. Um, I guess exactly. the difference was that he he tore the muscle, but not the tendon. If he had torn the tendon, he would have required surgery, which would have been season ending. Um, but because it's not, it's just basically rehab, um, which the expectation is usually around six weeks. And I don't know what they're going to be pumping into this guy again about their week three. But as someone who <laughs> traded Trey Lance for him in an IDP league, Please come back, TJ Watt. Yeah, that would be nice for you, eh? <laughs> My goodness. I really hope so. He is so fun to watch. And for Pittsburgh, an absolute game changer. 
with him oh, off the books, unreal. he probably moved the spread two points. He was unreal on Sunday. Like he just makes that defense so much scarier. Um, but as a Ravens fan, I mean, uh, full, glass half full type of guy. Uh, I'm super happy that TJ Watts out, and hopefully, when do we even play the Steelers? Hopefully, in the next couple of weeks. While he's out, yeah, that'd be the ideal time for <laughs> yeah. any team, especially the Ravens, to give a go at the Steelers. Uh, they always give us our Steelers matchup so late in the year. So unless he's out till December 11th, as, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> I think he'll be back. Not a, yeah. Hopefully. So other week one injuries, just to get them out of the way, Higgins with a concussion, hopefully to be back in a couple of weeks, hopefully nothing serious with concussions. You never really know. Eli Mitchell out for two months. I, I wish I could say I didn't expect this to happen or couldn't see this coming, but I did see this coming and did expect it to happen because he's been dealing with injuries throughout camp and he's had like six injuries in his very short career already. He's been questionable yeah. all year last year and out for two months. We'll see what Shanahan does at RB. I don't think it's a huge loss because you still have Debo. You have a running quarterback for the team, um, but we'll see. You never know. He is a good runner. Yeah, it's uh, like I think Debo is going to see a lot of work in the backfield. Um, Jordan Mason's a guy that I've just kind of stashed away on some deeper dynasty leagues because <laughs> I read a, a tweet how over the last like four years, every year, there's been an injury to Shanahan's like quote unquote guy and like his speedster, you know, your Tevin Coleman or Jarek McKinnon or um mm-hmm. ricky moster elijah mitchell and then everyone always expects it's that number two guy that's going to come in and get the lion's share of carries whether it was jeff wilson or tevin coleman for ricky moster whatever it was and it's never that guy it's, it's always, always the else. last guy so, you pick. <laughs> so everyone's putting their chips in on jeff wilson and i'm like i have to go against consensus here Jordan Mason was active. Ty Davis Price was a healthy scratch last week. Um, and Davis Price has Trey Sermon written all over him. So I'm hoping they just love Jordan Mason. Um, and he's looked he looked decent in the preseason. So who knows? Maybe that's the guy. And he's rostered in like 4% of leagues. So. Sometimes you have to go against the grain. And there's no better time to do that when trying to guess Kyle Shanahan's next running back. Absolutely. So. Jamal Adams is out for the year, Kyle. Do the Seahawks care or is this kind of good news for them? Because realistically, all they wanted to do was win week one. That was their Super Bowl. And now it's tank season. Let's get a good draft pick, right? Yeah, 100%. 100%. I don't know. Like They are the top team in the NFC West right now. That's true. (laughs) Cards dealing with the slew of injuries. The Rams look awful um like yeah i mean if the seahawks can play just good sound football they could be a wild card team i don't know if that's really what you want but if gino gets it done gino gets it done so but definitely a huge hit to their defense the defense looked so good on monday night um just a good job putting pressure on the qb maintaining their lanes and everything you know you hold the high-powered or what was expected to be the high-powered broncos offense to 16 points so um yeah i mean 
a huge thing. I don't think he's confirmed out for the season, but it is a quad tear. It's going to need surgery. So, yeah. I mean, if they make playoffs, maybe he returns in playoffs. But outside of that. Some breakout players that we should touch on before we hop into week two. So let's finish off week one here with three players. I'll go with Dotson first, Kyle. Did you catch any of his touchdowns? And did you see how good that second one was? Um, I caught just glimpses of it. I didn't get to watch a ton of the Commanders game because I mentioned I was just kind of watching stuff on my phone. But I've been a high on Dotson. Like he's definitely worth rostering in pretty much every league. Like, I'm ready um, to put him as a yeah. wide receiver three, four type of guy already at this point. Yeah, with the way that they're airing it out, and like they didn't really look scary Terry's way very often. Curtis Samuel had an amazing game like i don't know that offense is looking better and better and who knows maybe when brian robinson comes back their running back room looks even better so it might be wentz versus the eagles for the division i can't believe it but that might be that here we go what a no one would have expected that and we're one weekend crazy nfl football is back dude i can't believe how good AJ Brown was. Like, I can believe it, but it was like my dreams just coming true. It was like I was watching my dream happen in real life. He had 13 targets. He caught 10 passes for 150 yards. <laughs> can you ask for a better debut for an Eagles receiver? Oh, like he just looks so good. And like all the chemistry that you saw and heard about all training camp with Hertz and Brown, it just coming to fruition. Um, I didn't get the chance to look at like a route map or uh, anything like that, but you can tell that like it definitely opened their offense up. Devontae Smith still had like five targets, but no catches. So to have a true alpha receiver that can just take over a game um, is fantastic. Miles Sanders took Benadryl before the game, no longer allergic to the end zone. So (laughs) that was great. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm super high on the Eagles. I know you are. Um, super Bowl winners. I, I love them this year. And AJ Brown, like so many people slept on him. I saw him going so much later in drafts, like, you know, fourth, fifth round. And what a steal. All the people that slept on him, just wrong. In my draft, he went sandwiched between, what was it? It was Zeke Elliott and Brees Hall. Who would you rather have out of those three players right now? I'll take AJ yeah, Brown. Absolutely. 100%. So looking ahead to week two, that was a good week one. Is there any other points you want to get off your chest, Kyle, before we move on to week two? No, no, we can get right into week two. Let's do it then. Starting with Thursday night football, the day that this podcast comes out, you're likely uh, getting ready for the game. Perhaps you've you've already seen it, so you're just confirming how right we are. Uh, Kyle, Chargers and Chiefs, it's four points for the Chiefs to win. Uh, they have a 65% implied odds of winning based on Vegas odds. Do you think the Chargers have a chance here? And if so, how good are their chances? I definitely think the Chargers have a chance here. Right, um, yeah. This is going to be such a good football game, and I'm so glad we didn't start this season off with like these awful Thursday night matchups with like the Jags Mm. playing the commanders every Thursday where you just like, Oh, I guess I'll watch it. Cause it's the only game on like, I am 
so excited to see this game. Like the AFC West, just every matchup is going to be good. I'm taking the Chiefs here just because they looked unstoppable. Um, they made the Cardinals look like one of the worst teams in the league. <laughs> so really though, they, they kind of, yeah. And they like, they put to rest all the concerns that people had about it, you know, is Tyreek Hill leaving going to just make Mahomes less valuable? Uh, Kelsey is still there and absolutely popped off. Uh, they got CEH way more involved. Isaiah Pacheco more involved. Like, they just they they used their weapons where they could. They spread the field out, and Andy Reid's still an offensive mastermind. So they're taking this game home. Divisional matchup, I expect it to be close, and I, I take Chiefs by probably about three points. I got to agree with you. I think it will be a close game. I think Chargers could cover the four points. I'll take the Chiefs to win because they had 33 first downs and 67 offensive snaps, Kyle. That's literally 49% of their snaps. They got a first down. What? How? It is truly unreal. And the Cardinals might be that bad, but the Chiefs are also that good. It That game inspired me to go hop myself over to the sports book, put a $40 bet on Mahomes to win MVP. The odds went down a little wow. bit, I'm sure. Plus 750 now is what I got it at. Uh, I, I advise you to put your bets in now because like you said, missing Hill... People are going to look at this Chiefs team. If they come out of the hardest division in football as the winners, they beat this Charger team on national TV primetime, and Mahomes has another good game. People are going to start talking about Mahomes as the MVP this year. It's also, I think, the best quarterback in the league and perhaps one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He's going to start racking up some MVPs over the next few years. Why not this year, really? Who else would win it? I see Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Hertz as candidates. And I have bets on most of those guys too. But Mahomes has to be worth a pick here. The Chargers defense though, Kyle, is honestly what I'm worried about. I mean, Khalil Mack, three sacks, Derwin James. They they looked good. Yeah, absolutely. Like Bosa, Mack, Derwin James, they all looked so good. Um, I... It's one of those things where it's a pick your poison type thing. And I think that you're going to see the Chiefs offensive game plan change with the Chargers defense and how they present it. Uh, you're gonna, gonna you're maybe going to see some more shovel passes to Kelsey, um, some dump offs to the running backs, things like that. And like lots of like shorter crossing routes where he's getting the ball out quick. But like, I just, I trust Mahomes. Like, I, I trust yeah. him with my life. So. <laughs> and I'm going to bet on the Chiefs until the Chiefs don't have that guy at quarterback. I like the other guy too, Herbert, but missing Josh, or not Josh Allen, missing Keenan Allen's enough for me to be very sure of my Chiefs bet. I really hope you aren't listening to this right now being like, this fucking idiot was off by 20 points. But moving on <laughs> to Sunday at one o'clock, let's start off with the barn burner, the one that everyone will be watching Panthers at the New York football giants. This is not the game to be watching obviously, but we will start there. The giants did not score before halftime against Tennessee. Kyle, the, I think Tennessee really choked. And if it weren't for Barkley, his heroic game and him looking absolutely amazing. as of his 2018. Again, there's no way the giants have this game or win it. 
even in the last play, they, he should have been tackled four yards before the end zone, and he breaks a couple tackles, gets in for the score. I don't see this happening again. They're at home this time. They are the favorites by two, but Baker Mayfield has a better mentality this week. I expect CMC, who also looked amazing, to be more involved this week. I don't think the Magic rides two weeks deep for the Giants. I'll take the Panthers in a close game that I will not be watching. I agree that I will probably only be watching highlights of this game on Red Zone and probably not very many of them, but... (laughs) um, I am going to take the Giants here. Um, They are playing at home, so that always gives you a little bit of an advantage. The Panthers just looked okay last week. Um, They only scored one touchdown in the first half against the Browns, who the Browns weren't a team I expected a ton from with uh, Deshaun Watson out. They lost a couple of people on the defensive side of the ball, like Jadavion Clowney and stuff as well. Um, They... Jadavion Clowney didn't resign, did he? He 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 was there. Yeah. Okay. So I was mistaken on that, but um, yeah, I mean the the Browns realistically kind of manhandled the Panthers. The Panthers scored some garbage time touchdowns to make it look yeah, better on true. paper. Um, McCaffrey had ten carries for thirty three yards, which is not great. They kind of failed to get like DJ Moore super involved, and Mayfield just looked like Mayfield, like he completed sixteen for twenty seven one touchdown, one interception, 235 yards. So it's a very Mayfield stat I think line. Yeah. It's a, it's a just bleh. Yeah. Um, so I, I think the giants just ride Barkley into the sunset on this. Um, I'm hoping that now that Kadarius Tony has had a little bit more practice time, maybe they get him a little bit more involved because he only had two carries in the game. Didn't see any receptions. Um, and they just never had him on the field, but the two times he carried the ball, he looked unreal. Like he looked untouchable. So why they aren't utilizing him? I don't understand, especially mm-hmm. now that Wandale Robinson is hurt. I just, I don't know. I think it's a combination of him missing practice time with injuries and stuff. And I think that's maybe, what it is. Yeah. Maybe a little bit of being in the bulls doghouse, but I'm taking the latter. So. So you're on the Giants, I'm on the Panthers. We're moving over the Colts who visit the Jags. The Jags are underdogs by about four points. Did you see Trevor Lawrence's hype video that the Jags posted on Twitter? <laughs> For those I that did. didn't, I'll do a little re- reenactment. This is okay. This is uh, Trevor Lawrence. <clears throat> All right, boys, you ready to uh, play Super Stoned? I mean, swagged out. All right, guys, Scooby Snacks on three. One, two, three. Ah, Let's go play football. That's what he sounded like. I'm not hyped to play a game. I want to go take a nap after watching this hype video. I cannot bet on the Jags this week. I wanted to, and then I saw that video. I'm like, I have to bet on Matt Ryan's Colts. (laughs) Yeah, I I honestly thought the Jags were going to come out swinging. Like They have all the right pieces, I think, to be good. Kirk looked real uh, Christian, good, eh? Christian Kirk looked great. Uh, ETN did look good on his touches, but <sighs> he got far out snapped by Robinson. So I don't know. Like it just it's bringing me Urban Meyer vibes again. I hope that Peterson figures it out because I am excited for some players on this team, and their defense 
like Trayvon Walker looked unreal as well. Josh Allen looked good. So I hope they can turn it around, but I think that the Colts are, you know, future playoff contenders. So I'm, I'm taking the Colts in this one. Yeah. It, the Colts looked bad, but they did this thing that they've done a couple times throughout the last few years. That just blows my mind. They won't give the ball to Jonathan Taylor. Like if the game calls for them to give the ball to the best running back in the league or one of the best running backs in the league, they won't do it. They'll just try weird screen passes to players I've never heard of. Give the ball to Taylor and you'll win by two touchdowns. Please do it. Colts by a million if you do it. And I'll take the Jags if you don't. But I'm betting the Colts. Just give the ball to Taylor. Holy shit. I don't even have him in fantasy, but my God. I think on the flip side, we might just have to kind of come to the realization that the Texans are better than we expected them to be. That's Um, true. Davis Mills looked good. They, I mean, the running game was nothing special at all, but like they just managed the game well. Uh, Consistently, we're putting up points. Didn't make um, many mistakes throughout the game. Yeah, exactly. Like no interceptions from Mills, no fumbles from Burkhead, anything like that. So they just, they, they played good sound football and the Colts just didn't like they only scored a field goal in the first quarter. And then suddenly in the fourth rallied and brought it down to the now free agent, uh, Rodrigo Blankenship. And he'll miss the game winning field goal. So I expect them to bring it together. Pittman looked really good. Um, Jonathan Taylor had 31 carries for 161 and a touchdown. I don't know if you want to give him more work than that. I just think that their offense needs to finish drives way earlier in the game. Like you can't win a game off field goals. That's true. You can't do it, especially with Rodrigo as your kicker, which is no longer the case. So we'll see how the game goes. I am intrigued by Jacksonville still. We'll. I'll be watching this game, but I'll tell you what. If the Colts don't win this game, I'm worried about them a lot because Ryan looked terrible. But moving on to a game that I think was the hardest matchup in the pregame. I was trying to pick games here or the pre-show I was trying to pick games. This was my hardest matchup to pick from Dolphins at Ravens Ravens by three and a half points. See, I like both these teams, Kyle. Obviously, you love the Ravens, but I know you don't. Hate uh, Mike McDaniels. Don't hate that Tyreek Hill signing. The only thing that is stopping me from picking the Dolphins right now is the quarterback play. Do you think there's a world where Tua can do it in Baltimore? Pull out a victory? Uh, so there's a couple of things that I'm keeping an eye on for. Um, I'm obviously going to take the Homer side here. Ravens play at M&T Bank Stadium. It's going to be bumping hopefully they get jk dobbins back more importantly hopefully full they get full participant and apparently looked really good today in camp um hopefully ronnie stanley back which would be huge to solidify the left side of the offensive line especially since we lost Jawan james to a season-ending injury and the most important piece that i think we need to get back is marcus peters right now we have marlon humphrey who's he's probably not going to shadow 
and you're going to have, unfortunately, Kyle Fuller out for the season as well. So we mm. lost a left tackle and corner, which is why it's super important to get those guys back. Um, you're going to have a rookie or you're going to have a second year Brandon Stevens covering either Jalen Waddle or Tyreek Hill. So <laughs> Take your um, poison. the good news is we've got good safety help over top. So you're going to see some double teams and stuff, but the Ravens got to keep Lamar upright. Their defense looked good. Their uh, DBs are unreal and their offense just looks so good. So the, the Ravens won't win this game if they can't just contain hill and waddle like I, I expect them both to have decent games but you can't let hill burn you for like an 80 yard touchdowns and i could see that happening the thing is you got lamar on the other side and he could easily do it with anyone apparently duvernay's his new favorite weapon lamar is the guy it's lamar revenge tour so ravens all day um don't take the spread. That <laughs> I wouldn't take the yeah, spread on this one. They're like one in one in three against the spread at uh, home. Um, so it's yeah, one in three against the spread at home versus the. I think it's against the Dolphins in, in the last like four or five years or something. I believe I that a lot past couple of years. So I'll take the Ravens too. I'm with you there, Kyle. <laughs> Are you taking the Patriots or the Steelers still in the one o'clock hour? That's an interesting. I'm taking one. the Steelers, the even Steelers without TJ Watt, still, eh? Yeah, like it. That made my made me question my decision a little bit, but mm. the Steelers still looked so much better than I expected them to. I don't know if you saw that crazy Deontay Johnson catch, but like this guy is so underrated. Yeah, that, it was a nice like, catch. <laughs> I did see it. What an unreal catch. Um, definitely worth watching if you haven't seen it. So I, I think the Steelers just put it together. Um, I don't think they're going to need to do anything crazy because, like I said, I'm not huge on the Patriots this year. Mac Jones dealing with some back spasms. Their wide receiving core looks just as bad as it did last year. Yeah. Um, Holy shit. Yeah, I, I just think the Steelers just managed the fuck out of this game at their – new stadium name i can't remember what it's called now um some insurance company, oscar but sure no some bullshit yeah yes yeah, it's not heinz field anymore but the terrible Rips. towels are gonna get it done it's gonna be a close game probably i would probably hammer the under on this game and yes yeah, which is 40 but i'll still take the under honestly yeah like it's just gonna be a defensive matchup so Steelers defense looked so good against the Bengals. Some of those picks, like absolutely not Burrow's fault, just amazing plays by the DBs and safeties. For sure. And that's just like, they just look good across the, the board. They really did. The Browns field is going to look a little good this year or not this year, this maybe this whole year, but certainly this week. Did you see what they're doing with their logo in the middle of the field putting the elf the the elf brownie the elf brownie the elf <laughs> i didn't even know that that existed but i had no idea browns fans were letting me know on twitter today yeah your your logo is no longer just a brown helmet i think this is the time for the browns to turn it around new logo new me new field you're undefeated on the season you got preset against Joe the Statue Flacco. How many sacks do you think Miles Garrett gets? I'm going to go with Three. two. Okay. 
two over under is two and a half and i don't know it might be over over under by the loose change standards it i'm sure if you can find a miles garrett sack bet you should hammer it i don't care what the odds are do it i like it against flacco so i was primarily watching the ravens jets game this weekend um and the Jets offensive line looked way better than I expected them to. There was a lot more pressure from inside the offensive line, like the interior offensive line there than there was from the edges. So I'm curious to see if the Browns try to abuse that a little bit, um, mm. or if maybe they can somehow keep Flacco <clears throat> upright. It's one of those things where they still have the weapons um, more he was one of my booms last week. He was an offensive pass interference away from a touchdown and still had seven targets, five receptions and 49 yards. So yeah. I, I think you're, you're still starting more. You're still starting, um, you know, your Brees Hall or Michael Carter, who got a lot of those snaps as well. Both looked pretty good um, in that respect. So I think all are kind of worthy of, flex consideration and i wouldn't be surprised to see the jets steal one here but i'm definitely uh definitely with you on the brown side yeah i wouldn't be surprised if the jets cover which is six and a half like i could see browns winning 26 20 or 21 15 21 16 either of those numbers like you the jets will cover and browns win which is my bet the browns receiving core just didn't look good it was the combination of chubb and hunt hunt's the best receiver yeah exactly so um i don't know like the jets have a lot of really young fast defensive guys that can you know help make a splash at some of those um plays hopefully cover against those running backs like their interior line depth is really good um on the defensive line so who knows maybe they sneak one away but i just have to roll at the browns at home brownie the elf all the way Brownie the Elf. Let's go. Bucks at Saints. Saints underdogs by less than a field goal. And I think that number would be higher if the Saints weren't 4-0 against the Tom Brady Buccaneers. They haven't lost against Tom Brady in a Buccaneers jersey yet. And they did have Sean Payton for those games. They had Drew Brees for a couple of them too. But I'm going with Tom Brady in this one. I think you have to, right? I mean, the Saints are going to get to him with that suspect offensive line. I think the Saints will sack Brady three to four times. It's just not enough with the Saints offense going against the Bucks defense. I think the unders in play over unders 44, but you can't tell me Tom Brady's going to lose to a team five times in a row. Can you, Kyle? No, I'm with you on this one. The Bucks should sneak away with this one. Realistically, you have a couple of injuries to the Bucks receiving core, like Godwin's out now um, for a couple of weeks, but I don't Shame. really expect them to slow, slow down too much. And you just can't bet against Tom Brady. They made the Cowboys look foolish last week. So I don't expect the same thing. I think the saints will make it a closer game, but I, I still got to take Brady and the Bucks. Have to. And if you're giving me the lions, as favorites for the first time in 24 games at home against the Washington Commanders. Everyone loves the Lions. I have to go the other way. I'm going with Washington. And I'm sorry. <laughs> I, 
I want to go Lions, and maybe this is kind of a reverse jinx because I'm definitely cheering for the Lions as an Eagles fan. I don't want to see the Commanders win. I'd like them to have that division locked up by December. But the Lions were getting dominated by the Eagles. The Eagles absolutely let them back into that game. I do love the Lions' offensive line. I think they'll keep it close. They're favored by one and a half. I think the Commanders win a tight one. But people don't respect the commanders enough because of their quarterback and i get the quarterback can have some bad plays but their quarterback's better than Goff. like give me a break Goff. i'll take the commanders i'll take carson wentz and it leads you to go against me how do you feel you going with lions i'm going lions you know how much i just don't enjoy the pride (laughs) there's gonna be very few times that i'm putting money on him it bit me last week i'm gonna double down i think (laughs) the the lions defense looked decent um i just think that the eagles are one of the top teams in the league right now like they're a top Mm. five team in my eyes so you bring in a, a less mobile Carson Wentz. That's right. I think you're going to see some bigger splash plays from like your Aiden Hutchinson. Their corners look pretty good. And Washington's defense just really isn't anything crazy. Like Chase Young's out. And he's your, your top defensive guy. So I, I'm fully expecting that the Lions will just kind of have their way, pick your poison. You're going to see True. the ball spread around. Amon Ross St. Brown was winning all of his one-on-one matchups against one of the top two corners, or not top two corners in the league, but like two top very five, good corners. Top five, I'd say on top seven. Slays, Darius I'd say Slays top five. Fantastic. He's really good. But yeah, he's definitely up there. I don't know off top of my head what my top five would be, but he's he's up there for sure. And even yeah. Bradbury is not a scrub by any means. So no. regardless of who is running, lining up on ARSB, like he was winning his one-on-one matchups. He still have that deep threat in Shark. Hopefully Swift's ankle injury isn't uh, anything pressing and he's back next week. Either way, Jamal Williams is capable. And then you still have TJ Hawkinson. So, and one of the best offensive lines in the league. Like uh, they proved it, it last week. They played very well against a stout yeah. Eagles defensive line. Yeah, and so, I, I, I feel weird going with my Commanders pick. I just can't, in good conscience, pick the Lions, who are favored for the first time in 24 games. Last time they were favored, Kyle, they lost 20 to zero to PJ Walker. Uh I have to go Commanders, even though I totally hope I'm wrong and you're right. That is it for the one o'clock hour. Moving on to Sunday at 4 p.m. Kyle, this is my survivor pick. If you listened last week, you know that my survivor picks are not to be trusted. So this could be a little poison pick. But I'm taking the Rams over the Falcons. Going from the Bills to the Falcons is a big jump. Kyle, it's a big breath of fresh air for the Rams offense. I see every single weapon doing well. I can see Higby, A-Rob, Stafford all having good games. Cup will obviously have a good game. Acres, who friggin' knows? We'll see. But I think Henderson will play just fine. It's a totally get right game for me. I have the Rams being up after three minutes in the game and keep keeping that lead all the way to the end. How about you? Rams by a million. Um <laughs> I definitely taking the Rams here. The Falcons surprised me. Like they just they played well. Cordero Patterson picked up right where he left off. They did get Drake London involved and didn't get Kyle Pitts very involved. So 
I, it's super tough because the Falcons look good. The Rams looked abysmal last week. Like they really, did. if you didn't know anything about football and you watch a game, you would just assume the Rams were one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah. Stafford lost. Like he had no idea what was happening. He was consistently under pressure. Like that loss of Andrew Whitworth was just not good at all. Extremely um, noticeable extremely noticeable like the bills defense just feasted you had defensive tackles getting multiple sacks it just the whole line was collapsing on him um and acres looked awful so you lost like your your top couple of offensive guys just looking bad you obviously still have cup robinson didn't get involved i expect that to change this week um i think it's going to be a closer game than people expect but i i think it'll probably be uh going the rams way um, they're playing in front of their home crowd, and on paper, they should win this matchup. There we go. That's my survivor pick, so probably doesn't help the Rams in that sense. But yeah. we're riding. I, I, I hope all of you uh, loose pod or loose change pod listeners have a buyback in your survivor pool or some form of extra life freebie if you listen to Ty on that one. Or at least, hopefully, you listen to Kyle last week and pick the Ravens um exactly and if you did week, you're still alive every year week one is just so unpredictable it take really that is. as you will for next year always just pick that that powerhouse week one speaking just, of just week one powerhouses that lose uh 49ers and their <laughs> question mark at quarterback played in a slip and slide game that wasn't really an nfl game against the bears last week they're going up against the Seahawks at home, favored by nine and a half. Is there any reason to believe the Seahawks are going to win this game? I don't care about the cover. Do you think the Seahawks can win this game? Because I just can't see a world where they go in to San Francisco and do it. If you play this game in Seattle, I'd have no problem picking Seattle, but I can't do it in San Fran. Yeah, Seattle gets a huge benefit playing at home they call it the 12th man for a reason. So I really think the 49ers are going to show us what they've got this week. You're going to see all of their playmakers a little bit more involved. They have a new game plan coming in with um, a running back. That's hopefully going to be healthy for the whole game, uh, not just losing their starter partway into the first game of the season. So I think Trey Lance is going to do well. I think Brandon Ayuk is uh, going to have a great game because they have had great chemistry uh, throughout the training camp and preseason. So I think the 49ers are going to take one away here. The Seahawks, I mean, they surprised me last week, so I wouldn't be surprised. But to bet on them to win two very difficult matchups two weeks in a row and this time on the road, I don't think it's happening. Yeah, that's true. And moving on to the Cardinals of the Raiders. Raiders favored by five and a half in L.A. I felt weird. Not L.A. Sorry. In Las Vegas. See, I'm getting it confused. The Las Vegas Raiders are going to march down the field. Every single offensive play. They have Adams. They have Waller. They have Renfro marching down the field. They might score as many points as the Chiefs did. And I don't think the Cardinals can do the same. Not without Hopkins. We've seen it. Murray without Hopkins is a different player. He's not as explosive. He doesn't have those plays and defenses don't respect any wide receiver enough to not have a spy on him, which is really where Kyler does the damage in the run game. 
So I think this is signing up for a Raiders blowout. I think Cardinals leave this game with a lot of question marks, not a lot of answers. And I think they really start to look at their coach, their whole thing. They, they might blow it up. They are going to be 0-2 after this and have two ugly losses, if you ask me. Do you think it's going to be as ugly as last week? And do you think the Cardinals they have a chance got, of winning? They got wrecked last week. Like the Chiefs Absolutely rocked. Just, they could have done whatever they wanted and, and they did. scored at will. Um, it, I think it comes down to the health of the Cardinals here, but I don't expect them suddenly to just be all healthy and playing at the best uh, best of their game in Las Vegas. Probably going to have someone get a speeding ticket Saturday afternoon. It's going to be held out of the game. It's just like, you know, bad things happen when players go to Las Vegas. So yeah, what happens um, in Vegas hopefully stays in Vegas for the Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think they start to blow it up after they lose just because they signed their GM and coached an extension in the offseason, which a lot of Cardinals fans hated. And this is why um, right here money wrapped up there. Uh, there's no double XP weekend this game or this mm, weekend. So that's big. maybe Murray shows up, but uh, yeah, the Raiders, like I said, they've, they look so good. They just happen to be playing in the best division in football. So I think that anything outside of those divisional matchups, they just, they have a legitimate shot to win every game. And uh, I'm riding with Devonte Adams, just tearing apart the Cardinals here. He could look good with Cooper Rush at quarterback. Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the league. I love him. He's so good. His route running is art. And that's why I just traded him in Dynasty this morning. Rest in peace. I mean, for two first-round picks and Amon Ross and Brown, CEH, you have to do what you got to do. Bengals at Cowboys. Cooper Rush. He's going to get under 200 yards, under 60% completion percentage, right, Kyle? Absolutely. And like if he Bengals does, defense... how, how do they win? Like The Bengals' defense yeah. are going to destroy this kid. The Bengals' defense has looked so good. Like, I mean, they didn't look amazing last year, but last year they were so good. Like, their upgrades up front, they just – everyone's looked solid. And the Cowboys, I mean – you can't trust Cooper Rush to win you this game. There's no way. You're you're pretty much relying on your running backs to win you this game, and I, I think the Bengals' defense and offensive power just walks away with this game. Like they'll just they're gonna steal name. it. They're reaching in the Cowboys' pocket. They're grabbing it. And they're running away. Um, like you know, maybe the Cowboys start off like even if the Cowboys started off fourteen nothing, do you mm. trust them to hold that lead? Like you're no your two Jamar Chase <laughs> catches. It's just that's what it comes down to for me. Like the Cowboys would have to have such a sizable lead for them to seal it away in the Bengals. And I, I think that the Bengals have way too much offensive firepower. I mean, if they had a healthy long snapper last week, they're one and oh for sure. They needed a damn extra point to win it and missed it. Went into overtime, missed another kick. Like missed a kick earlier in the game from that. They're with a no healthy team. Yeah, they're going to be fine, I think. McPherson's great kicker. Moving on to Texans and Broncos. Oh, wait, before. If you don't want to listen to me, go Bengals on your survivor pick. That was my second one, I was thinking. And I didn't officially pick it, so it's a better chance of hitting. 
Texans at Broncos. Broncos favored by 10. If it weren't for those two damn Broncos fumbles at less than the yard to score, they mop Seattle. We're looking at this game with, you know, different eyes. Broncos still favored by 10. Vegas has not been fooled. They will win this game. But like you said, Kyle, the Texans are better than people will think. They could keep it within 10. I, yeah. I like, yeah, I would definitely be taking the plus 10 on that. I think so. It's a lot of points. I, the, Bron- the Broncos will win this one. They're at home. They've obviously got a lot to prove. I think Nathaniel Hackett's kicking himself over his decision making towards the end of the game. Poor yeah. clock management. Why you would let McManus kick the 64 yarder instead of trusting your $240 million quarterback to get you five yards is just beyond me. And like you said, there were two goal line fumbles, which are unfortunate, but I don't think it's a, a any indication of how Javante and Melvin Gordon typically play. Um, I think that they should realistically take this one. I just think it's going to be a closer game because the Texans aren't as bad as I think everyone's writing them off to be. That will be our almost upset of the week. I think the Texans will keep it close, maybe even be leading at some point in the game, but Broncos win it uh, by less than a touchdown, though. <laughs> so Sunday night, Bears at Packers. There's not many games left, so I think this might be your survivor pick, if I were to guess. Do you think the Bears are going to run all over Green Bay? I'm assuming you're going with Chicago. <laughs> Definitely not betting oh, against really? Aaron okay. Rodgers at home after a humiliating loss to the Vikings. Like, if there's uh, like they are my game, survivor pick. It. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, like, it's written in the walls on this. Like, yeah, so true. Aaron Rodgers hates losing. He hates being embarrassed. You are going to see back to back MVP level Aaron Rodgers come out here. Um, yeah, the, the Bears, I think, very much benefited from playing in a swamp last week. And they realistically didn't get their playmakers involved. Like, they just happened to have the higher scoring team at the end of the game. It wasn't like they went nuts on the 49ers. Like, they only That's put up exactly 19 it. points. And so, their touchdowns were broken plays. Yeah, which you're not going to have that many broken plays unless it happens to be a monsoon again this week. But, <laughs> yeah, Aaron Rodgers, I don't think he's going to be amazing for fantasy just because his receivers like i expected had a lot of miscues wrong routes dropped catches they've got to get familiar with each other but the the uh packers are just gonna run all over the bears and take this one away and their defense is still so good i totally agree and this leads into the loose change money line parlay of the week for week two Kyle, I didn't really talk to you about this, but you tell me if you agree. You sign off on this. You you think it's right. Packers to win. Bengals to win. Rams to win. Broncos to win. You parlay those four teams to win, and it's plus 112. Place $10, win 1220. I think it's a good bet, and this is my loose change money learn parlay of the week, unless you have something to say about it. Um, I think that there's a good chance of that hitting for sure um if i'm betting a 14 parlay i probably want better odds than that i'm probably throwing a a spread cover somewhere in there get it up above the 200s but that's just 
me being a little foolish with my money and i lost all of my bets last week so um (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if i'm the guy you want to listen to for survivor go packers um and we're riding this one out we're gonna be survivor winners at the end of the season but for for parlays first touchdown bets i don't i just don't know what to tell you anymore we're gonna try this one but again Tra- alan robson first kelsey. td scorer come on that's that's the okay. bet this week I'm, Here we go. I'm going travis kelsey thursday night and yeah. um we're gonna go we're gonna go a rob again against the falcons yeah he's got to be like plus four thousand or something <laughs> give it to me funny. whatever it is give me a <laughs> rob and okay so you like kelsey first touchdown score thursday night kelsey first touchdown score i hope you're right so that is the loose change money land parlay rams versus falcons take the broncos take the packers and take the Bengals. monday night we have two games monday night kyle i didn't know that till this morning when i was prepping for the show we have the Titans in, yeah. at the Bills. Bills favorited by 10 against the Titans. It's the Bills. So I'm betting the Bills, especially at home. I will not bet against the Bills at home against any team in the league this whole year. Mark my words, except the Eagles. But that's not happening this year, so we don't have to worry about it. Titans at Bills. I'll take the Bills by about 14 points, maybe 11 points. I think the Bills get off to a hot start in week one, and they just ride that out for a while. I'll take the Bills by a few. What do you think? Definitely taking the Bills here. Josh Allen just looks like the guy. Like he, the guy. he loves playing football. Like you watch him, and he's not scared to, to pop someone. He's not scared to take a hit. He's not scared to throw the ball downfield when he thinks he sees a window. Like you see some of these guys that they hesitate, you know, they they try to overcomplicate it, but Josh Allen is just out there balling. And the they have such a good roster. They have a very healthy so roster and I don't know if I take them by two scores because the Titans are still the reigning AFC seed and they don't want another, they don't want a loss or another tie. (laughs) So (laughs) I expect this to be a pretty good game. Uh, Probably the game that I'm expecting you're going to be watching Monday night, um, but I will probably be watching the Vikings and Eagles. (laughs) Do you think the, uh, are you surprised? Well, how about this? Are you surprised the Eagles are favored in this game? Because when I opened the books and saw the Eagles by two points, I was like, oh, how about it? They're getting respect. I am a little surprised. Like the Vikings, I thought that the Vikings would be slight favorites just because they absolutely manhandled the Packers. So Man, did we nail that did. last week, eh? Both of us were on we, the Vikes. We did. We nailed we, it. That was one of our really good picks. Um we were about 50-50. Yeah. So about hopefully a bit better this week. Have to pat our back on the back when we can. Yeah. I was asked if I wanted to go into like a football pool for just like weekly pickums, And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do it this year because I feel like I just never win money in it. And wow. Am I so glad that I didn't do that? Cause you have a podcast so to do it now. That's what we're, that's what we're <laughs> exactly. doing. Exactly. So just some friendly competition. You're not going to cost me a lot of money. I hope. So I'm picking the Eagles, obviously. I think AJ Brown has less yards, but still the same impact. The defense will probably worry about him a bit more, but 
if it weren't for Hertz scrambling, he had 45% blitz percentage against him with the Lions, who have a pretty good blitz, I'd say. And he ran out of it. He made it work with another quarterback, with Wednesday quarterback behind that, with that Eagles game. I could see a different result. I think Hertz is playing really well. He's ninth in MVP voting. Kirk Cousins, though, is 11th because Justin Jefferson exists. This guy is up there with Adams as one of the best receivers in the league. I'm worried about him against this Eagles secondary. Hopefully you put Slay on him the whole game and he can slow him down. But that's all you can ask for is slowing him down because you're not going to stop him. I take the Eagles. I think it will be a close game. I think both teams will trade the lead multiple times and it will come down to Hertz making a great play in the fourth quarter that just not many quarterbacks can make because he's that guy. Are you on I... my side? Tell me you're on my side. Kyle, you want I'm to... on the Vikings train. Ah, fair enough. They they made me look good last week, so I'm yeah. just gonna roll with them. You like, and your purple teams get it done. Like I said, the I mean Delvin Cook wasn't as big of a factor in this game as I expected, but Justin Jefferson looked unstoppable. Um Kevin O'Connell, um, I spoke a lot about how much I love his offensive game plan and scheming. But he had Justin Jefferson matched up against like a linebacker safety on like more than 50% of snaps. Like he just knew how to put Jefferson into a position to succeed. And I fully expect that to happen again. Um, you either end up having someone like Slay uh, playing man to man up against JJ with help over top, but then you're playing in a man defense with. Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, you know, KJ Osborne, Jalen Rager, revenge game. It's just. <laughs> yeah. Rager to muffle I... punt for sure. <laughs> the, the, the Vikings just look so good against the Packers. Um, I think we'll see a little bit more clarity this week. I love the Eagles. And I think that this is going to be a, a really good game to watch. Like I'm actually really excited for this game. But uh, I'm yeah, just going to keep riding the Vikings train until I fall off. I think that's fair. I think you're right. Dalvin Cook, especially for fantasy purposes, he'll have a hell of a game. Look at what Swift did last week. He was like, was he RB1? He had 150 yards and a touchdown. Look for Cook to have over 100 yards and a touchdown too, which leads us perfectly into our fantasy segment, which we love to end our shows off with. Kyle and I give a few fantasy booms, a bust if we're feeling like it, but we like to stay positive in fantasy. So let's go with booms. Dalvin Cook is for sure one of them. We touched on it earlier. Allen Robinson, for me, is another boom. He had two targets, one catch for 12 yards. So you're thinking, do I sit this guy? Like, I, I think that's a fair thing. Like, do you sit this guy? Don't sit this guy. It's the Falcons' unspecial defense in secondary. And McVay literally came out and said, hey, man, I'm Sean McVay. I love vegetables, and you know what? We're going to figure it out tonight. I'm going to game plan for about five hours tonight, and I'm going to get Allen Robinson the ball a bunch of times next week. And you know what? I see it happening. I see Allen Robinson getting like 10 targets. I could see seven catches for like a hundred yards and a touchdown. He was on the field for 97% of the offensive snaps. Honestly, the bills just doubled him 
and let Cup do the damage. We saw how many targets. He got like 18 targets. I don't think that's going to be the game plan every week. And I see a talented number two receiver on the Rams doing well enough to start, certainly. And I think he puts up low-end wide receiver one numbers. Wow, that is... That is a very hot take. Um, I'm not completely against it. Like I'm, I still have hope for Allen Robinson. He was still on the field for like 90 plus percent of snaps. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's out there. I don't think the Rams are going to look abysmal every single week. It's not every week they're playing a powerhouse Bills. Like they've got a much easier matchup. Hopefully, can find their footing this week. Yeah. Um, maybe can establish just more of a an offensive game plan out of the gate and yeah i i like i saw a few videos and alan robinson was open like he was getting tons of separation he had like twice the separation that cup did on average across the game it's just stafford didn't have the time like he didn't have Mm. the time to look downfield for robinson or find him so he just went to what was familiar he knew cup was going to be in a certain spot so i think with more time the falcons pass rush does not scare me at all um yeah i think that's solid pick that robinson could boom this week my uh first boom of the week i'm going with aj Dillon of the green bay packers i was considering that too good pick so yeah, he's a guy that a lot of people, including Tyler, have tried to trade for. <laughs> and I think, like I said before, they're just going to come out swinging after they got disrespected. They know now that they maybe need to hold off on putting the ball in their young wide receiver's hands. So they're just going to feed their running backs. This is an Aaron Jones and an A.J. Dillon tweet. You want both those guys in your starting lineup, one or the mm-hmm. other, or both if you have both. Yeah. Um, they both got lots of carries, look good. I expect both to see a ton of work in the passing game. Um, until Rogers shows that he's comfortable throwing to these young wide receivers and that they're back in sync. Um, I fully expect that Matt LaFleur is just gonna completely flip this game plan on its head and just run the damn ball um and just let their defense do the thing do their thing like they're gonna be up and you just run the ball so uh, yeah. i think a more fundamentally sound football game and aj Dillon's gonna be a top 15 running back this week high floor high ceiling great boom pick absolutely have to have him in your starting lineups i don't care who your other rbs are i see him as yeah one of those guys this week and for a lot of the reasons you mentioned there Aaron Rodgers not trusting his receivers. Aaron Rodgers not having receivers that have much NFL experience. I look at a boom that's 38% rostered on Sleeper app, and that's Robert Tunyon. A lot of people, Cole Komet owners, Hawkinson owners, a lot of people are like, what the heck am I doing with my tight end who I invested a middle-ish draft pick for? He put up zero to two points. What do I do here? Go Bobby Tunyon. He tore his ACL week eight. So all of us took him off the draft boards to start the year. Guess what? He's back. He played 36% of snaps. Not a lot. 22 on those 22 snaps. He got targeted five times, Kyle. He got three receptions and that's in a game where they did nothing. They didn't have many first downs to work with. And he had 11 touchdowns last year. 
none of Rodgers' receivers besides Cobb and maybe Lazard, if he's healthy, have NFL touchdowns, barely catches. I think this is going to be his go-to guy for the passing game this week. I project doubling his snap routes, doubling his targets, doubling his catches from last week, and probably scoring a touchdown. 11 last year. That's a lot against the Bears Sunday night football. Give me the TE catch. 85 yards and a touchdown. Here we go. Big Bobby Tunyon. Who is your boom, wow. Kyle? I took a little bit of a, a later flyer, someone that might be available in deeper leagues. Um, definitely someone that should be rostered, someone that you could spot start if you've got like a, a Chris Godwin or, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Flush Still filling out. in for Hopkins. I'm, yeah, I'm rolling with Josh Palmer of the Los Angeles Chargers. Really? A um, couple of things to go into this. I think like he's going to be the number two wide receiver and the chargers love to air the ball out. Um, and he's looked good. He's passed the eye test. You've heard players and coaches rave about him in the off season. Um, and the chiefs just placed Trent McDuffie on IR. So that was their um, rookie corner that they drafted in the first round who looked really good last week. Um, he's going to miss the next four weeks. So I think Palmer, just steps into that Keenan Allen role. He's going to absorb targets. Yeah, I think true. you can see, you know, six plus high quality targets from him. He's going to be on the field all game and he's catching balls from Justin Herbert in a tough divisional game. That's going to require the chargers to air this ball out if they want a chance at winning it. So um, I'm expecting like, you know, uh, probably six, six targets, four receptions, 70 yards and a touchdown from Palmer. So, I'll take that all day, you know, nice 17 points if you're in full PBR, like you flex play that as just a spot start. You're happy. The good thing with Herbert is that he could literally throw to you or me if we were open. Like he's not scared to spread the ball out. And if they scheme him up right with Mike Williams, probably getting most of the attention with Allen out, I could absolutely see Palmer having a good game, Kyle. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I will give one bust for this week. I'm going Let's on a fly here. I didn't write any notes for it. Who's busting? Nick Chubb. Really? Okay. Nick, Nick Chubby. Chubb. Um, That's the Jets. The only defense who's pretty good, right? The Jets looked so good against the run last week. They, yeah. They were good last year against the run. They, they had to respect the Ravens' uh, run game. They had to respect Lamar. They stacked the box. Like, mm. I see a very similar game plan from the Jets where they're just going to stack the box. They're going to put bodies on bodies. And I think you're going to see a lot of Kareem Hunt in this game. Um, just dump offs, more outside uh, zone runs, things like that. And Chubbs, I think Chubb will get his touches. Like, he's going to get 15, 16 carries. I'm just, I'm not expecting more than 60 yards. And, uh, I fully expect them to get the Browns to beat them with the with their arm, and I don't know how conf- confident I feel in that. But um, yeah, I don't expect a big game out of Chubb, so I'd be tampering expectations there. And for people that really want to know, the kicker of the week this week is going to be Cade York, the only drafted kicker in this year's draft, playing for the Browns. Had a hell of a week this last week. I think they'll be able to run and move the ball enough to get into field goal territory, but I don't trust Brissett and 
those wide receivers to make anything happen in the red zone. So I think that's your kicker of the week if you're streaming. Yeah, and that I does it for our fantasy trip. segment, Kyle. I think that's pretty good. Week two, we're going to have some better records. I really hope than week one. Week one, we went 500. I think we might go 16 and 0 this week, one of us. We disagreed on a few. We'll see what happens with the Vikings Eagles. We'll see what happens with the uh, who do we else we disagree with? Panthers Giants. Panthers Giants. Um, and the only other one that we disagreed with was Commanders Lions. So we'll see. Three different. We'll see what how she goes. But thank you so much for tuning in to episode three of the Loose Change Podcast presents Counting Yards. Kyle, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next week. Oh, and how does a non-binary samurai kill people? They slash them.